Because crypto and NFTs are so new, there's a lot of demand for informative and easily digestible educational content. The need for educational content around crypto is so great that rapper Jay-Z and ex-Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey just created the Bitcoin Academy to support Bed-Stuy Brooklyn community members in their understanding of Bitcoin. This demand for digestible content aligns perfectly with my guest today who has spent her professional career in brand building and marketing endeavors for clients both big and small with her PR and creative digital media agency located out of New York City. Shireen is one half of the Crypto Witch Club, which, as their website proudly boasts, is an inclusive, equitable space for all to learn about blockchain tech. On this episode, Shireen and I talk about crypto, Bitcoin, the Luna Collapse, NFTs, the behind-the-scenes look at how Crypto Witch Club was formed, a look ahead at how she hopes to position Crypto Witch Club, and also spills the tea on a potential NFT collection. Crypto and Web3 is a world ripe for exploration, and the Crypto Witches are building a brand ready to tackle the bear market and beyond. I'm Jarrett Carpenter, and this is More Than Blockchain. Shereen, welcome to More Than Blockchain. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm in your beautiful Brooklyn apartment and back in the Big Apple. Yes, welcome back. And you were just recently traveling, as was I. And so where were you? I went to Italy. We did Rome, Tuscany, Venice. It was a good trip. Yeah. How long? 11 days. 11 days. Yeah. And now you're back in Brooklyn. But were you at all ever doing any Web3 stuff while you were in Italy? I mean, my even just low key, even low key. I know that that was not the purpose of the trip, but yeah, like low key, my business partner took over like all the content. We made a bunch of it beforehand, but I mean, there was just so much happening when I was gone. It was like impossible not to like peek my phone and be like, what? Like Terra Luna. I was going to say you were in the time that when you left, Luna was about a hundred dollars. And when you came back, it's like one thousandth of a cent or yeah. something. So <laughs> I literally got this question on another podcast the other day, and it was a financial podcast, not necessarily a crypto podcast. And I was trying to walk the host through to what happened. And it's just so multifaceted. It's really hard to understand when you're not in crypto, the way the algor- algorithmic, you know, stablecoin works and how Terra, or excuse me, Luna balances it. It was just such a whole thing. The algorithmic pegging for a stablecoin is super difficult, even for me, like, In theory, I understand it, but like, I think if I had to explain it to someone else, you know, explaining anything to someone else really tests how well you know something. Absolutely. And I think that's why I was very drawn to Crypto Witch Club because I saw y'all's content and I was like, this is the coolest shit ever (laughs) because the way you guys talk about Web3, you do it in a very, very approachable way. And I think those, and I'm actually working on an episode right now about Gary V, as it were. Love him. And V friends, and he just had VCon out in Minnesota. But one of the things I think is most important and important in Web3 or anything is you can have an idea, but if you can't communicate it, it almost doesn't matter how good the idea is or not good. And so talk to me about the creation of Crypto Witch Club, the podcast, just the entire, I, th- I see it as a brand. I don't yeah. just see it as a podcast because that's how I start, first started to engage with it because you guys have a bunch of uh, you know, PDFs up on your website that you can go learn. Some are free, some are not. So I feel like you guys are at the forefront of the communication of the thing, the thing being crypto, Web3, blockchain. So talk to me about the foundation of that. And I know that we are joined, even though she's here with us for emotional support. Talk to me about your and Caitlin's relationship 
why, how this happened? Cause I'm sure it has a, it has its story. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think there's the role of communications is so important in web three. There are definitely not enough communicators out there. Cause I think you can't have mass adoption in web three without reaching web two. So when we started Crypto Witch Club last September, we had already been running a PR and marketing consultancy in New York for eight years. So we launched... You and Caitlin. Me and Caitlin, yeah. Wow. So we launched projects like the world's first 3D printed dress for Devontees. We launched Kenneth Cole's Mental Health Coalition during COVID. And we're good at what we do and we love what we do, which is marketing and branding. But I think I started to just feel really unfulfilled and I really wanted us to have something of our own that meant something to both of us. So I started investing in 2017. Caitlin started investing in 2019. And we were both super into crypto. You know, I had been in it for a while. Once she understood it, she was such a futurist. She was like, oh, sick. Like, let's do this. So I proposed to her the idea of Crypto Witch Club, and she was on board. And we just started really small, like just making a few pieces of content, putting it on Instagram and seeing if the need was there, we really believe in building businesses agilely. So we were like, let's see. And like from day one, people were asking us questions and they were good questions. It was like, why is the ETH supply suddenly lower? And I was like, okay, like these people know what they're talking about and they're engaged. So it was cool. I mean, Keith and I essentially met at Pratt. We launched our business and then we are slowly just converting everything to Crypto Witch Club and making it our full-time job, which is really exciting. And actually not that scary because like we built one business before where like we can build something even better this time and we're both passionate about it and we're in so much more control because there's no kind of client in the middle. It's kind of whatever we want. So it's exciting. Wow. Okay. Let's, let me, can we get a timeline? So you, so y'all met at Pratt. Mm-hmm. You started a business. After college. After yeah. college. That has been going. Is that still now running and you have Crypto Witch Club and you're in a transition to go full time with Crypto Witch Club? Is Ex- that what's currently exactly. happening? Exactly. Like okay. right now, I would say our work is 70% Crypto Witch Club and we still have a couple clients that we're working with, a pop creative, our agency. But, you know, it's slowly phasing out as we continue Crypto Witch Club. And it's cool. Like, are the clients we have know about it and they think it's so cool and they're like, you go, girls. So it's like we get a lot of support, which is great and which has given us that flexibility. Even one of our clients just shut down a restaurant outside Boston and she hit us up and she's like, I'm opening a new restaurant. It's going to be an NFT restaurant. Do you know what an NFT is? And we were like, girl, we actually just started this business, Crypto Witch Club. So we'll re-sign you on that side and you'll be one of our Web3 clients. So it was such kismet. Like... Okay, a lot happening. Lion's Milk, have you guys been there yet? No. In Williamsburg? Mm-mm. Lion's Milk is a, I don't know if they want to be called a Web3 cafe, but it's an NFT cafe. And if you go in and you have an NFT, you get 15% off. So I'm Any ass- NFT. Any NFT. I'm assuming you just have to get to the register and open your MetaMask and do it. So maybe we could do a little field trip between the Crypto Witch <laughs> Club and the More Than Blockchain uh, you know, crew and head over there. But I, I've been reaching out to them because I want to talk to the owner and say, this is awesome why and continue to move forward because i was saying about a couple months ago to uh someone in colombia she wants to open up her own cafe and i said if you open up your own cafe that's great you're gonna have the pastries and the coffee and even if it's world class it's just pastries and coffee but what if you were to have a membership where you buy an nft and only like there's 20 nfts and all the people that buy nfts get unlimited coffee 
on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, forever. I don't know, whatever you want it, whatever gimmick. So I think adding tokenization to businesses can be very fun. And what, well, I, I don't know if you want to spill all the tea here, but what are things that this client in Boston is going to do? Or what does that look like? Does it kind of sound like the lion's milk where you'll get 15% off if you have an NFT? Are she, is she going to have her own NFTs? What's that looking like? If you can share it, I don't know. Yeah, if you can share I mean, it. their team is still working on like the why factor, but I know what we've spoken about is things like similar to what you're talking about, almost like a membership card, but maybe it's more of like a wine club, something like that, like a little more elevated because it is a restaurant. But um, they're definitely still in like in the visionary part of the journey. So they're really figuring it out now. But I love NFTs for like punch cards. Like Caitlin and I have talked about doing you know, a membership program of Crypto Witch, where it's actually like for every event you attend or for every contribution you make, maybe you're a moderator on our Discord, like you can get a punch for it. And then you have these adaptive NFTs and you fill up your punch card, you get something cool. I've never thought about the punch card, but I really like that because I think everyone can relate to that. I don't know if that's web one or web two world, (laughs) even though it's not digital, but you will be, for me, I'm more incentivized to go back to a place if I'm on my ninth sandwich and on my 10th, then I know my 11th is free. I love a punch right? card, even if it's something I don't want and I don't care about. Especially I when just, it's something you don't want because yeah, it I gives just, you that incentive to go do it. I just want to win. And I love using the punch card idea as a collaborative tool because before I moved back to Brooklyn, I lived in like Chinatown, Lower East Side and all the neighborhood coffee shops all did this promotion together where each punch you would hit a different coffee shop in the neighborhood. So not only was it benefiting each individual coffee shop, you were benefiting all the small businesses in the neighborhood. And I would love to translate that idea for like web three entrepreneurs. I think that would be so sick. Break that down. Just build something hypothetical of how that works. Cause I'm, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be something where it's like you take another community that's similar to ours, because I think there's really room for everybody in Web3 and Web2, but people are getting there. But if you take something like Boys Club Crypto and Crypto Witch and BFF and Surge NFTs, which is like this group for women, and then you got a punch for each event you attended or Twitter space you participated in, and at the end you get some type of like merch or some type of free pass to one of the events. I think it's such a cool way to bring these groups together and not only have people engage with you, but show them other groups that they can also benefit from. Okay, cool. Right? That's gonna, like, yeah, I can see it, but the smart contract's gonna be fun to look at. Oh my God. <laughs> that because you're gonna have multiple different wallets all partaking on chain, being a part of this ecosystem. Yeah. Is that, I feel like stuff like that's starting to happen, but it's just like with like two people or yeah. two entities or two organizations, but building yeah. out the one we were talking about where in IRL, it would be multiple different cafes or multiple different organizations, like you're saying, that would be, that'd be kind of wild. Are you guys, actually, I want to go back. How did you sell Crypto Witch Club to Caitlin? What was that conversation? You guys sat down and you said, hey, so, <laughs> I need you to listen to what I'm about to say. It's going to sound crazy, but let's, you know, what was the sell? So I was really nervous about it, and I'll explain why. Because Caitlin's always gung-ho for new ideas, but this was like, it wasn't the first new concept I explained to her. It was the third. Okay, what were the first two? And this is like behind the scenes. What were the first two? So COVID hits, and we're both quarantining. She's in Nantucket. I'm on the Jersey Shore. We basically, a lot of our clients were hospitality clients for our agency. So we lose 
all our clients all. in all of them. 100%. Yeah, in like three days, like everybody is out. And not only did we lose them, we had trouble getting final payments from some of them. So we were like out additionally. So I'm like, you know what? What a great time. Thankfully, we signed with Kenneth Cole and his nonprofit. And that like was the one client that like floated us through the pandemic. So it, it worked out, you know, networking. Um, but we were like, okay, what a great time to like really look at our company and make it more about us and what we do and make it something sustainable where we don't need clients to sustain it. We have another, you know, means of um, funding. So I was like, oh, I want to do this educational channel where, you know, we help people learn about digital marketing. So it was number one. I was like, let's give ourselves more of a voice. Let's make like, this is our formula. And really, because marketing has such a bad rep, it's such a dirty word. We're like, let's fix that. And Caitlin's like, great. I love it. Let's do it. Write the content. And I, I could not write this content. I was like, what kind of, wait, what kind of content? Just like, you know, how to launch a Facebook campaign or like how to build your base brand. What are the brand assets you need? And I think what was making it difficult for me is there's so many resources online about how to do that stuff and so many people doing it well. And I was like, well, what's special about us? And honestly, there are just a lot of good marketers. I really couldn't find a niche for us that was just somebody else wasn't already covering and doing well. So for like six months, Caitlin waited for me to write content and was like, let's write that content. And I was like, yeah, it's coming. It's on the way. And I had like a blank mic- like Word document, like totally blank, like looking at it every day. And then, you know, I was kind of like, you know what? I think marketing's handled. Let's create an NFT project. So this was the second project. And I'm like, I want to hit nostalgia. I want to feel really 90s child vibes. So we came up with this concept of Beanie Baby trading cards and doing an NFT collectible. And then we built them. Caitlin's brother stepped in to help us with animation. We shot our Beanie Baby collections and we created these really sick. I'll show you after yeah, the say, podcast. Before I leave, I need to see <laughs> the animation of the TY Digital Beanie Babies. So we created these sick playing cards and we put the, the price on the playing card is like what they were going for on eBay, which is hilarious because, you know, they're trying to sell like Princess Die Bears for like 24000 but nobody's buying. So... Yeah, we had this really sick NFT project and we launched a whole social campaign around it and got a little bit of attention, but it just was missing something. And I think what it was missing in retrospect was really the intention and the value behind it. So in retrospect, I I would love to relaunch it. Caitlin and I were just talking yesterday and do something like actually peg it to an actual Beanie Baby. And so we send them the Beanie Baby they get when they get the trading card. And that creates a scarcity, too, because between me and my husband, we have three Princess Di Beanie Babies. We had our mom send them all to us. And we're like, I think it can be done. And I think it can be done cool. I think we just, you know, it was our first pancake on execution. So anyway, so we're, we finished the project. It's on OpenSea. And we're promoting it. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. And like two weeks in, I'm like, I have an idea. I have a different idea. And I, I just... Felt like it wasn't quite there yet. I couldn't put my finger on it. But anyway, and that's when I propositioned her with Crypto Witch Club. So I was sweating at this point because I'm like, oh, my God, Caitlin has so much faith and trust in me. You know, we're such good partners. I was like, how do I sell her on just starting another thing? Because every time I'm redoing or coming up with one of these ideas, 
I'm like, can you make a whole brand deck? Can you do this? Can you know, she's just like, yeah, sure. But this was number three. And, you know, just like she did before, she was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then she was like, when she's made some initial assets and, you know, designed the brand, she was like, you have to just push out the content. She's like, push it out and let's see. So we made like three posts, four posts, put it out. And day one, I just felt differently about it than I had about the other two ideas. It just resonated more. We started growing really, really fast. So I think we figured it out. And I think it's a testament to, I think people will look at something and be like, wow, that's so cool with you built. That was so quick. But it's like, you never see kind of the journey behind it because it took us a while to get to Crypto Witch Club. But I think it's, we realize being educators is what fulfilled us the most. That is an amazing story. Because I don't think many people behind, when they look at the Crypto Witch Club and the finished product being the podcast, the website, some of the other media and the content, they don't see that. And it's cool that you've shared that here. And I'm, it, it's great that I, I feel like I'm, I feel blessed to be able to hear that backstory. Because a lot of people, you know, I have backstory too. We spoke about this a little off mic that this podcast used to be called Wi-Fi and Water. But I was trying to do two different things. And I think when I think about now in my transition... It was that same thing, just like it was so hard for you to create that one thing of content, that like, you know, flow or the funnel or whatever you needed to do, you couldn't do it. And I think that's the biggest thing in Web3 that I, the thread I'm starting to see with most of my guests is just authenticity. Because whatever it is that's like really authentic, you're just going to want to do more. And if you're faking the funk, you can only do it for so long. And so that makes sense. What's the timeline? When did the NFT TY babies? slow down maybe you'll bring it back and when did crypto witch club when was the first couple posts and that really kind of start so we started designing it all and planning it all like in august and then we started taking posts live early september of 2021 august 2021 okay the beanie babies we were probably working on that for like five the five months prior so it was still going i was like i promise i'll keep putting up this content on the beanie baby channel but we launched Crypto Witch on top of it. And then I think the educator part of Crypto Witch resonated with both of us in a way we didn't realize. We're like, we feel so good. Like we're making a greater contribution teaching people because I think crypto is so important for everybody to learn about because if you don't learn, you're going to lose opportunities or get left behind. And even if crypto is not the right investment for you, you should know what it's about and what it does. Because that's kind of the only way you can make an informed decision and also like not get scammed, right? And also not get totally, yeah, exactly. Lose all your money and feel super jaded. As you look ahead, well, actually, I want to backtrack. Crypto Witch Club, what is it at its base? Because I see it as a bigger brand. I see it as a, as a holistic brand and yeah. there are a bunch of things that are underneath it. But what's its overall mission in as many, in as many words? Yeah, I mean, we just want to make blockchain and web three education like fun and positive and accessible for everyone i think a huge thing for us when we started is there's so much negativity and like toward people who didn't understand it or maybe if somebody asked a question that people thought was like quote unquote stupid they were kind of like um just be so rude and i'm like y'all never gonna make any money unless we bring everybody on board so like why not educate it if you think if somebody doesn't know the difference between a wallet and exchange instead of being rude to them why don't you just send them a coinbase article on twitter and say this is the difference like i i'm a big believer and it takes like the same amount of energy to be like kind as it is to be rude so it's like wait if people are into learning about this like let's promote that and make that feel good 
and make everybody feel welcome because otherwise especially women and marginalized groups are just not gonna they're not they're gonna be like that's not for me like I'm not welcome there yeah I think in the adoption curve there's a part where whatever it is is seemingly only for the wealthy and so if you look at something even this is years ago it was 2011 I was in Guatemala and by 2011, Facebook's up and running and it's killing it. And, you know, a lot of people are already on it. And that's how a lot of people are staying in touch. And I remember being in Guatemala. And this is an anecdote to talk about this exclusivity as tied to technology. And I remember talking to somebody about Facebook. And it was a student at one of my schools. So she couldn't have been more than 12 or 13. And she was like, you know, Profe, like, how can I, how can I keep in touch with you? Because I didn't live in the town. And all the kids were, you know, they just wanted to, like, know what was going on in my life. Because I would only see them once a month. And they lived in a town that was really in the middle of nowhere, uh, in the middle of nowhere, Guatemala, to be, to be like as most blatant as I, you know, yeah. honest as I could be. And I remember I said, well, you guys can find me on Facebook. Cause that was my way of not giving them direct access. Like if they had my cell phone, I, I don't want them texting me or emailing me all the time or whatever. So I said, why don't you guys find me on Facebook? And I remember they were like, well, Facebook's expensive. We, we can't afford it. And I was like, no guys, it's free. Like you guys could, you know, now there's bigger problems here because this community was barely on the electrical grid. So their access to like actually getting electricity was a little, but the fact is they thought Facebook and I'll never, I'll never forget this because it's the power of like nascent technologies and our perceptions of it. They thought Facebook, you had to pay for it. And because it was too exclusive and, th and then therefore they couldn't be on it. And I think about that now with NFTs, Bitcoin, what have you anything tied to blockchain, really, even the metaverse. And people, I think there's still an idea that it's too far away. Either the knowledge is a gap that I can't get across, or it's just so expensive. How could I possibly afford it? Yeah. And how are you guys taking that idea and breaking that down? If someone comes to you and you're like, oh, but I can't afford Bitcoin. It's $30,000. What do you say? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, people have to understand you can buy a portion, number one. And I do think there is some truth to people's concerns when you look at like NFTs and run on the Ethereum blockchain. I used to complain about gas prices when they were like $30, which is laughable which is now. Very cute. I was like <laughs> $30, no way. And I mean, since then, I have paid almost $300 in gas fees because I wanted something. Um, so when people talk to me about accessibility with NFTs and the Ethereum network, I'm like, there's not much we can do until ETH2.0 comes out. But I usually try to refer them to something like Solana or Polygon networks where the gas fees are like negligible and under a dollar. And, you know, if you're on a budget, you can buy something with that type of gas fee. If you're on a budget and you're just starting out with NFTs and you're nervous about how you're spending your money, you're not going to, want to purchase a $200 NFT and then pay $250 in gas fees. I mean, imagine buying something online and seeing the shipping costs and it's more than the item. Just mentally, you don't like to go there, even if it's still a low cost item. You know, I think the huge thing, too, is a lot of people are like, they know they can start small, but they don't know where to start. So they think it's better to not start at all. One thing I hear a lot is people saying like, oh, it, it's too much now. I want to wait till it dips totally fair you know I respect that but then when it dips they're like oh it's so low it's going to zero and I'm like no girl like that's when you have to do it that's the Barney sale you know and I think it's more I find that people are usually more educated about it than they think but there's definitely um there's still an education gap so a lot of people even traditional finance they're not that educated in and a lot of traditional finance concepts like buy low sell high you know they relate to crypto as well so I think for people who already have a really strong financial understanding, they pick up on crypto quickly. Like Caitlin had 
stocks and investments and 401k before crypto. So when she got into crypto, she already had the base understanding of investing down. So the crypto volatility or, and everything, she just sleeps well at night. She like did not care. But if you've never invested before in your first investment, you buy during, you know, you bought like two months ago and then you look at it now, of course, it's going to scare you. I mean, my portfolio was down 80% before it went up 800%. So, and I just at that point was like, I've committed. I put in so much money. I believed in it so much. And then, you know, it was like 2018, 2019. I was like, if I just lose everything, I'll just lose it. And I swear, as soon as I really clicked with that mentality where I was like, I don't care anymore, it just shot up. So now whenever it dips, I'm like, hmm, you know, I just look the other way. I put in more. And that's the, and that's the world we're living in now because yeah. everyone's portfolio. There's no one in crypto that has a portfolio that's up. And being patient and understanding the long game is really important. And you've touched upon something that I, di- I did want to touch here is that so much of crypto, if we're just focusing on crypto or just Bitcoin and Ethereum, if you're buying it is really tied to just financial literacy tenants and understanding that. And if you've never, like you said, if you've never invested before and you put in $100 and you look the next week and it's $50, that sucks, right? Like I don't know how to sugarcoat that. But if, you, if your goal is a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, then you can kind of be like Caitlin and just be chilling and be cool. How do you guys navigate giving people crypto advice without giving them financial advice? If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. Because it's difficult. It's such a fine line. And people will always ask us for like picks or whatever. We do offer the things we're buying and we're really transparent on that. But I think the formula we try to follow is we give people the facts and then we give people our take and we let them make their own choice. So we're like, these are the, the details, you know, and then it's like, this is what we're personally doing. Like I might be like, oh, I'm investing a lot in V chain. So I like that utility, but I'm not making the recommendation that you go do V chain. But if you want to check it out, here's the core principles. You can look at it, the white papers on CoinMarketCap. So I think just that transparency of like the facts, our opinions, but you do you helps. And, you know, I think it's also just being authentic, kind of going back to what you were saying, like. Caitlin owns Luna and that sucked, but also, and Luna was one of the coins. We actually, we had it in our 16 coins for 2022. It was one of the coins is we this, were like- Is this part of the PDF? That's, yeah, okay, okay. it's like the paid PDF. So these were one of the coins where like, we feel like these are a good investment choice. So right now we're like, okay, well now we need to explain what happened with Terra Luna. And, you know, Yes, that was a pick. That was something one of us was personally invested in. But this is what happened. And this is why it's important to diversify your portfolio. Because I've also had a lot of, I don't want to say failed cryptocurrencies, but I've had projects I've invested in, especially when beginning, that went way down. But, you know, if you explain it, like, this is the utility. This is why we believe in it. Make your own choice. That's the best way to do it. And I think more importantly than coin picks, we really teach just general education and protecting yourself because I mean the amount of fake crypto witch club accounts I mean we're not even a huge we have like 7,000 8,000 followers total across their social so we're still small but like I had a fake crypto witch club account DM my mother-in-law the other week and was like help it's urgent (laughs) and my mother-in-law texted me and she's like are you safe I was like what and you know we'll get these messages from people there's it's happened to two people who are like I just sent you money or I just gave you my Instagram password I'm like where why that wasn't us and you know we really just try to put on a lot of education about like how to stay safe in the crypto sphere because I think 
that's that's the hardest thing. I mean, I get so many fake being friends emails from Fishers trying to steal my information. And if I had a being friends NFT, I might be more apt to open it or believe it or in like a state of, you know, panic, be like, oh no. But um it's very like um like when Web2 first started and people started getting phishing emails and couldn't differentiate. So I feel like it's kind of like growing pains. That's a really good parallel. I never thought about that, that when the old email phishing scams, and now people, you know, not only that, Google, if you have the G Suite, it will tell you this is probably super suspect. There's like things that are built into the system and just the overall kind of distrust about emails that you don't know, or you just look, oh, this came from a Gmail account, but it says it's Coinbase. Okay, it's probably not real. I almost think, and I'm not going to do it, but if you're listening to this and you're feeling inspired and you want to start a podcast, start a podcast and just highlight crypto scams because people will listen because there's a new one every week. And I know people in the space, as you do too, who have, they know what they're doing. They know how to protect themselves, but they're even susceptible. And it's, it's a very uncomfortable part of crypto. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, well, you know, and I, they said, well, I thought the blockchain was super secure. I said, the blockchain, obviously some blockchains aren't less secure than others, but in theory, the blockchain is secure. The problem is we're humans. And we like shiny objects and we're, we're too trusting. But in a trustless world of blockchain, it be kind of comes, I, I don't know, lost. Yeah. And I don't think it's like a question of how intelligent you are. Because I've seen this happen to a lot of smart people. What, but, you know, if you see something that's like, oh, your NFT's at risk, you know, re-enter your password, change your password. And you go and you think you're logging into OpenSea to change your password. You just gave away your NFT. Like it, it happens so fast and I normally see it where people see an email and it'll shock them or scare them and they'll be like, quick, I have to change my password or quick, I have to put more money in my account. It's overdrawn on Coinbase, but it's not, it's not it, real. It, it's not real. The, one of the things I really like about Binance and Coinbase and most of the platforms offer this, and I don't know if you guys do this, you can whitelist your coins or whitelist whatever you buy. So when I go into my Coinbase account, for example, I put in my password and then I have to put in my 2FA, which mm -hmm. is either the Google Chrome, uh, sorry, the, uh, the Google Authenticator, or I have to put in a text that they'll text me. Now, there's a way that, you know, the phishing can get your number and do that. But one of the things I love is if you're hearing this and you don't have your crypto whitelisted, you can go into the platform and say, I'm going to whitelist my crypto. So what does that mean? It basically means that I can then from that point on only send out my crypto to authenticated addresses. I have to physically put in your ETH address into my account because I'm like, yeah, I want to send you in money. I have to put it into my Coinbase before I'm able to send you money. So this, is, this helps. So if someone ever were to get into your account, they can't send themselves crypto it's, unless it takes seven days. So I would have to take your, like if I want to send you Ethereum from my Coinbase today. Like, all right, sure, I'll give you two Ethereum. Great, send you, send you some Ethereum. I would take your address. I'd put it in to my list of VIP only, and then it would still take seven days or a certain amount of time before I would even be able to send you crypto. So if you're listening to this and you want to back up and you have some money on an exchange, please go make sure you whitelist because it's another step to protect yourselves. That's so genius. I had some, and no I wish, idea. Yeah. So please, you guys are going to go do that later if, if it's not already done, if you have money on exchange or crypto on exchange. And I wish there was a way to do that for NFTs. Someone gets into my MetaMask, it takes seven days to send to a new address. And in that time, you'll get a notification daily, an email. Someone's trying to take it out, day one. Someone's trying to take your NFT, day two. Someone's trying to take your board, day, day three. Hey, someone's trying to take your, but nothing to click, just like, just an avisa, just up. like a, yeah, heads up. 
So anyways. I love that. I mean, I'm literally going to do that this weekend. Please do, yeah. I, I encourage everyone, if you're going to leave anything on exchanges, which we do for in staking, Web3. Yeah, your stake, exactly. Liquidity pools, anybody in DeFi who's earning interest and needs it in that pool. Binance offers it. Coinbase offers it. This is so. genius. And I just wish that there was that for NFTs because it would make me feel better. I try not to leave my NFTs yeah. on my wallets that are attached, but you know. I don't send anything either, honestly, unless it's my business partner or my husband. Like my crypto, my NFTs aren't going anywhere except for the three of us. So I'm going to have a short whitelist. It's going to be easy. <laughs> exactly. And most people would because why yeah. would you have... You know, if you know a thousand people in IRL, you have like honestly like forty friends in crypto. And of the Max. people, yeah, and of the people you'd send to of those forty friends is like you said, your business partner and you know, and your life partner. So like, why else would you need? Um, I wanna I wanna talk about Crypto Witch Club and what are the challenges you see as being educators in the space moving forward? Do you think you know if you get on the Crypto Witch Club website and you can we will do shout outs at the end for the, all the information. It's really about inclusivity and making it a space for everyone. And is that something that you feel like maybe Web2 didn't do? And I feel like there's a simple answer to this, but uh, you know, why is there such a focus now into Web3? And why is that such a main driving part of Crypto Witch Club? And what challenges come with that? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one challenge is trust. Like sometimes if we're running paid campaigns on Instagram where it's showing up as an ad, even though when we run paid campaigns, it's really important to us to focus on the education. So we're just getting in front of people that are looking for more blockchain and Web3 knowledge. But you definitely see people be suspicious about anybody, even if we're not promoting specific projects, you see the suspicion about anybody talking about blockchain. So I think it's really that trust factor. And it's like, well, I heard crypto is a scam. Why should I trust you? And I think part of just showing people then it's like something they need to know can be tricky. You know, people are like, what are you selling me on? You know, some guy like DM me the other day and then was like, how do you make money? Where do I sign up? Like, what are you trying to scam? And I'm like, I just ignored it. Cause I'm like, you don't have to sign up. Look at the profile. Like we have all the information there for us. I mean, aside from that initial trust factor, because a lot of our audience isn't people already in Web3. It's people in Web2 that are interested in Web3 and just getting in. We really want to focus on that adoption kind of demo. And we're like, that's kind of our goal is to, you know, teach the people that don't understand. But I think the thing that's important to us is we want to keep it really democratized, the education. So it's how do we make money for ourselves so we can do this full time? But also, how do we make sure that the important information is free for all? So for us, it's really important to be like, well, what are, where are we having this publicly available? Does that help enough? Is that enough information? And then what do we have that is more partnership-based or more of a paid program-based? So for example, we have our blockchain basic PDF, which is everything you need to know for, to, like, to get started. And we're like, this has to be free education. Like, this is what's important. And then we have our 16 coins guide, which is like, once you already know the basics and you're getting started, we're going to teach you about the utility and the teams and what we're investing in and why we believe in it. So that's how we're kind of trying to, to build this out where we're like, let's make sure it's accessible and everybody has the opportunity. But at the same time, you know, we do need to make this a content stream and a business that we can make money from so we can continue to build these out and continue to make exciting channels and exciting NFT projects and membership clubs. Um, Cause I do really see it as being 
a community collective and a brand. I love the bitches uh, media, you know, the skim brands like that. That's really where I feel is going to kind of what we're going to try to be obtain like attaining. Those are like the vibes I'm feeling. Because the brand is already super strong. I just love your Instagram and it's just like amazing. My, if you look at more than blockchain, it's a little kind of methodical mm-hmm. and I'd like it to be a lot more culturally competent. And I love, you guys are obsessed with Elle Woods. Do you yeah. want to speak on that at all? I, that what you were going for, I think in the first iteration there of like a nineties, cool vibe education on whatever that has come out. You know, I see the pieces of the first two in now the third iteration, which is crypto, Witch club, but you know, why the focus on the nineties? Is that because those are the people you think are change, like you know switching from Web two to Web three, and I say that because maybe Gen Zers don't know about El Woods. They don't get those references. Yeah, I mean we're millennials, and I think a mil- I think Gen Z almost gets it more. They just see it as being like I think the way we see like Pretty in Pink, our generation, they see Legally Blonde, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh God, I'm. It just made me feel so old know, because same. Pretty in Pink for me, you know, if you look at the cars in that, right, they're not even like seatbelts, you know. <laughs> so and it's so funny because somebody actually left a comment on one of our things, and it was a clueless image, and they said with all these like little red flags, they said it's so obvious you're in your mid thirties trying to appeal to Gen Z. And I was like laughing so hard because I'm like, Clueless is not Gen Z, it's millennial. But I will say it's such an interesting question you pose because I love things that make me feel like nostalgic. Like I love pogs or like Pokemon cards and things like that. Like, Do you think there's going to be a pog NFT? I mean, we're actually, we're, we're working on some pog like merch, some pog gifting. So I will send a big thing. I will send you the slammer and a set of pogs when it's done, but we're going to do crypto witch pogs. Caitlin I, is gung ho on it. I think I still have a couple pogs, you know, those like long plastic sleeves yes. where you'd stack them in yeah. and they were like green. I was such a dork though. My favorite pog was a photo of a mallard duck. And to this day, I will never forget. It's like the lamest pog. Do you pog. still have it? I think it's literally in my sixth grade time capsule at my parents' house, but it's literally just a picture of a mallard duck. It's so random. And I'm like, I can't believe as a kid, like that's what I was most excited about, this duck. But yeah, it's so funny. And I think, you know, that's our natural aesthetic. We love these fun callbacks and we love breaking down things and bringing in celebrities. But the first iteration of Crypto Witch Club actually didn't have any of the celebrity or kind of the throwback things. I just started putting them on like stories one day when we were responding to things and I realized people were really into it. Originally, our imagery was very like futuristic and like a green escalator. Like metaverse Yeah, like it was a little darker, but we were like, oh, people really like like these gifts and they like these mentions. So, you know, again, going back to the agile business, we're like, guess we're going to start pumping more of this out. It's what people resonate with. So sweet like thanks for letting us know and then the l woods obsession came because one of the first podcasts i spoke on um they called us the l woods of crypto so and as soon as they said it like it's even on the podcast recording i'm like oh my god i'm gonna put that on our website i was like it's very much on the website when you yeah, get to the it website is. it's l woods i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah it is and i just was so flattered by it it's on my linkedin now but from there, I was like, yeah, I love her. Like, I love Elle Woods as, like, the quote-unquote, like, 90s bimbo, but, like, smart as hell. Like, I just think it was cool. And I liked the whole – I love, like, reclaiming things and our people think are, like, weak. You know what I mean? Like, I just 
I was very flattered. I think the full circle for me, when I think about the Elle Woods and when that movie came out and where I was in my life and just late 90s, early 2000s, all that fashion is back. Oh it's God, all it's back. back. And so the cultural, like the, cult, the way the world looks IRL is now back there. And so it kind of aligns in some sense. I love it. Like I saw on Instagram the other day, like girls putting tinsel in their hair again, which we used to do in like the eighth grade. And I texted my girlfriend, who's like the glitter queen. I was like, do you have any tinsel? And she's like, yeah, I got it. So yeah, I mean, fashion is cyclical. Technology is not. So it's kind of fun to put them together. Yeah. And I think they're aligning and like, and that's why I think the Crypto Witch Club, I think resonates with people. And if you're the last, let's see, uh, the last year for being a millennial born was 96. So 96, you'd be 26, 27. And if you're 26, 27, and you're trying to get into crypto and you come across your page, it would be like, oh yeah, I feel at home here. These images are nostalgic. This information is easily digestible. As you look ahead, is there going to be, when you have more time maybe, and you've really helped on the education for the newbies, I guess we can call them, are you going to, is there going to be another level? Is there going to be a grad school, not just the 101 undergrad? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's probably going to be things like our paid subscription channel, which we're building, our Discord, we'll probably have a private Discord, part of the monetization. I think the, the most difficult thing, but also the thing I'm most excited for, though, is that everybody we're teaching now, as they grow and they're becoming more educated and more excited, we're going to transition with them into Web3. So now they're reading our articles on medium right because that's like one of our blog channels but someday soon hopefully in the next year they're gonna be reading them on mirror which is a decentralized you know content platform tell me tell me about that i just i don't know about it yeah so mirror is essentially a decentralized content platform so whatever you put on there you own so i like to call it the web3 medium but i think what's going to be interesting is as we're building up this audience they're going to be growing with us and we're all going to kind of like kind of take this, jump the bridge together. And I think that's really exciting because I'm like, we'll still have beginners continuously coming in. But I think we're all learning together and kind of growing up together. And we don't want them to just be involved in the crypto witch community when they're beginners. We want, as they're more established and more confident, them to still be involved. But maybe they're moderators or maybe they're more on the Web3 platforms we're on and less on the Web2. So I think it's, the question is really about how do we evolve with our community? And we go on the journey, like we take them on the full journey. Talk to me about something that one of, and I guess I'm not, they're not like students, but they are students of Crypto Witch Club students. What's something that one of your students has done with their new knowledge? They've taken it, created their own NFT, bought an NFT, they bought into a project. Like what's some of the feedback as far as the overall, you know, yeah. education? So there's this super cool girl, Billy, who follows us, and she's definitely one of our, like, our OG crypto witches. Like She's been following us since the beginning. So sweet. She's an artist. And she, after following Crypto Witch Club, made and sold her first NFTs. And she told me that she had never been able to sell regularly her IRL art, essentially. But the moment she learned how to make and sell an NFT, she was able to sell them. And I remember somebody writing something kind of harsh in one of our comments, and she's like, no, NFTs are great. Like I'm a creator and I'm able to benefit from this knowledge. And I was like, so much cooler than when one of your audience members, like one of your community members answers something harsh on the comments. I'm like, oh, thanks girl. I don't have to do it. 
But that was really just like so nice to hear that there's somebody who's been a creator for so long and Web3 gave them the opportunity to monetize it for themselves. And then another fellow crypto witch like was really interested in working in Web3 and she used Crypto Witch Club as a study guide, essentially. And she landed a Web3 job. But after her first interview, she like DM'd us. She's like, I have my next interview. And then she got the job. So like that was like, I think that's one of the moments I was like, I like being an educator. It's the first time, as much as I love branding and marketing and PR and it's what we're good at, like that gives me so much more satisfaction to be like, somebody is able to take the tools we're giving them, use them to their full advantage. And it can benefit and impact their lives so that was the moment I was like I totally understand like I always thought teachers were like superheroes like we do not appreciate teachers and educators in this world the way we should I mean if teachers didn't buy their own chalk our kids wouldn't learn so I've always felt that way so to be able to help on that side felt really good I was like we're like doing more for the world than like selling a croissant you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely doing more than, than selling a croissant unless it's an NFT, unless it's tied to the, yeah. the, the digital. As we kind of come to the end of the podcast, I wanted to ask about two things. One, where do you see Crypto Witch Club in 10 years? What does that look like? And also, are you going to have your own NFT or is this going to be kind of like maybe tied to the Beanie Baby idea where it's like a digital, a physical digital? mix yeah so i'm still gung-ho on this beanie baby idea once i realized that we wanted to peg it to an actual beanie baby it's like in the back of my head where i'm like the gears are turning if we release that it would probably be like a sister collab i don't know if we do it under crypto witch just because it it's not really aligned with the messaging it's kind of random it's kind of more nostalgic my little pony fun vibes and i think we can continue that with things like my little pony or like pound puppies we'll buy them on ebay and then peg an NFT to them and start sending them out to people so they can, people can share them with their kids and that nostalgia factor can mm-hmm. continue. But um, as a brand, I really want us to be an educational platform and community. Like, I would love to continue the podcast. I'd really like to start doing events. Caitlin and I are very digital people, so we're just getting comfortable with doing these in-person things, doing events, but I really want to just bring people together for, like, a greater cause. And I feel like if there was somebody around when the internet was first starting like this, and, you know, it wasn't really easy to find. There weren't social networks at that time, but I really feel like this is so early internet vibes, and I want to not only create adoption for my own selfish reasons, because I'm heavily invested in crypto, you know, 99% of my money is in crypto and my husband's. So, but because I think it's important, and I'm like, this is the chance to democratize finance and actually teach people how they can benefit from it when there's quote unquote like still time like I want people to be early I want people to understand it I want them to like flourish in this environment like nothing could bring me more joy so yeah ideally we'll be kind of like a media company events brand but I want to be really community focused and just I want it to be about growth and personal knowledge are you guys going to grow more than just the dynamic duo or have you already, do you already have a third on the team? Yeah. So we always work with freelancers. We have a great freelance community. So, you know, Caitlin's brother is actually like our animator. So if we need things like that, we go to him. You know, my friend writes copy. So if we ever have client projects, we can go to her. But in an ideal world, I'd love to grow it beyond me and Caitlin. I think when we were just about marketing, we loved having it be like the two of us with our freelancing team. But 
I want to create new jobs and I want to give people new opportunities in Web3. And honestly, I have such a chip on my shoulder for the way I was treated in corporate offices and work spaces when I was first getting in. Like I had to work two jobs. You know, I first started in like the fashion industry and PR and it, you do not make money. It does not treat you kindly. I was working like 14 hours a day, like six days a week, making no money and being told like I should be grateful for it. I want to create a company where people want to work for us because they have flexibility and we're good for their mental health. And I think Caitlin and I have created like a dynamic where we really take care of ourselves, like mind, body, and soul. And we're able to also get a lot of great work done. So I really want to create like an amazing work environment where people can like flourish. And it's not just like this onslaught of work and you know what I mean I think the corporate work, grind yeah yeah I'm just so over that people are listening and they want to find out more obviously please check out their Instagram it's fascinating <laughs> but where where's the best place if someone wants to reach out and they're interested in crypto maybe they even listen to more than blockchain but they haven't reached out for whatever reason and they're like you know what I listen to this podcast I feel empowered to make my you know to make my reach out where's the best place to to find you guys? And then where's the best place for them to reach out? Yeah. So the best place to find us is definitely on our website. It's cryptowitchclub.io. If you sign up for our newsletter there, you'll get like first info on new articles we're writing, new products, free giveaways, the works. And then the best place to ask questions is on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you can slide into our DMs at any time, leave us a comment, hit us up on Twitter, and we get back to everybody who reaches out to us. So we're here, we're listening, whatever you need. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I'm excited to continue to listen to you guys on the, it's, you know, you're a fellow podcaster. It doesn't always happen. I think you're one of the few people that have come on that actually have your own podcast. So thanks for coming on. And um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode and a big shout out to Caitlin and Shireen for sharing their work from home space for the recording of this episode. Be sure to check out their website at cryptowitchclub.io and find them on all socials at cryptowitchclub. Be sure to follow the podcast on social media at more than blockchain and feel free to check out our website at morethanblockchain.xyz for more info about the pod. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and drop the link to a friend via text, DM, or even email. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.